listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. My brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Um, I have a group of fraternity brothers from college who would pay very dearly for a photograph of me wearing pink vestments. So no photography today, okay? Um, It is not a pink vestment, right, Deacon? It's rose. It's a rose-colored vestment for Gaudate Sunday, the rose-colored candle. Okay, let's, we clarify that, all right? And um, coincidentally, today being December 12th, it's also the most wonderful feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of my community. All of our friars and sisters, they're all together up in Newburgh, New York right now, dancing in the streets and throwing flowers at everybody. And it's just, a, and it's the, the, the Sunday of joy. It's a tremendous day in the, in the liturgy of the church. Um, And I've just, uh, if you've ever seen a hound dog that goes to a dog park and it just freaks out and running around, that's kind of how I'm feeling today. It's just like, where do we start? So much joy bursting forth from the liturgy of the church. This Gaudete Sunday, this joyful Sunday, the readings, the antiphons, the prayers. It's all again and again and again, this idea of joy and uh, the color rose, which reminds us of the rose flowers, right? That You know, the story of Juan Diego with the tilma and the roses. The bishop had prayed for a sign. If this is really the Virgin Mary appearing, give me those roses in the middle of winter. And there they were. And we know the story of her beautiful image being imprinted miraculously on the cloak of Juan Diego. It's still there in Mexico City more or less the geographical center of all the Americas, North, Central, and South. I am the mother of all of you in this land. So it's not just for people from Mexico. Somos Guadalupanos hoy. We are all children of Our Lady of Guadalupe today. Um, Ooh, where do we go from here? Okay, I just, a preface for the homily. Things are gonna get really silly here in just a second. Please stick with me. Because there's going to be something very beautiful coming at the end, okay? Um, So a little bit about myself. Six foot two, grew up in Indiana. Probably not surprising. I grew up a huge basketball person. And uh, just loved playing basketball my whole life. And now my body's paying me back for it. But um, grew up in Indiana. I grew up rooting for Purdue Boilermakers. I am, my whole family, we love Purdue. I grew up as a kid with the, head, the guy who's the head coach of the basketball team right now. I grew up with him. And um, just the other day, last Monday, for the very first time in school history, my beloved Purdue Boilermakers were the number one team in the nation. So exciting. So, oh, don't clap, don't clap. It's about to get worse. We were so excited, you know, my family, my friends, like, we're number one. I have a niece and a nephew going to school there right now. It's a great school. Um, And so, lo and behold, my beloved number one Purdue Boilermakers played unranked Rutgers. And unranked Rutgers beat them. No clapping, no clapping. And, you know, everybody's like, how did this happen? An unranked team beats the number one team. And uh, this guy on Rutgers, 
at the buzzer, it's like something out of a movie. At the buzzer, this guy threw the ball half court and it went in and Rutgers won. Unranked Rutgers beat the number one team in the country. You can imagine the rejoicing over there in New Jersey. People were freaking out. Did anybody see that? Okay, yeah, if you have it, check it out. If you want to see people who are joyful, the Rutgers fans, I don't know how many people had heart attacks, but it was just, it was, you know, I was crushed. My, my dear Boilermakers, number one in the country, and they get beat by an unranked team. Okay. So uh, it reminded me of a moment several years ago. Uh, myself and some of the friars were doing a retreat at a retreat house. And in this retreat house, they had a television room. And we were kind of excited because in our friaries, we've chosen to not have television and internet and things like that. So there we were in the TV room and it was the month of March and I was dying to see some basketball. You know, March Madness, the big dance, the tournament, the bracket. Uh, And I was like, brothers, we gotta watch some basketball. I know we're on a retreat day, but this would be a, a, consolation for me so we go into this this um, TV room turn on the TV lo and behold there's a college boys basketball game on so we're starting to watch it and this game was amazing it was like a nail biter and you're on the edge of your seat and it was super exciting and like who you know this team is up and then the next team hits a shot and, and this whole thing was so dramatic till it was one of these games at the very very end of the game the guy throws the ball up, you know, in, um, in it's like a buzzer beater. And it was like the brothers and I were like, that is one of the most exciting basketball games we've ever seen. We were just like so excited. And it kind of reminded me of a time when uh, my little brother was a student manager for Purdue's basketball team. And they were doing a tournament at, at Madison Square Garden and myself and some of the brothers went to the game. And we sat with the families behind the bench and Purdue won it with a guy who was falling to the ground and he threw the ball in the air and it went in. And immediately all the families accused us of winning the game. <laughs> you prayed, you prayed, you know. So, you know, people get very superstitious with their sports, right? Uh, so anyways, it was one of those kind of games where the, 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 you know, it was so exciting. So we get back to the Friary, we're telling the other brothers, we just saw one of the most exciting basketball games ever. It was so amazing. And this team and that team and everything. So then the next morning at our soup kitchen, I was in Harlem at the time, I'm telling all the people, hey, there was this, anybody see that basketball game? You know, and there's all homeless people. So they're like, we don't, we don't know what you're talking about. Well, let me tell you, this exciting game and basketball, and it was just amazing. And then um, when the soup kitchen got over, I was like, I have to call my brother. He's my best friend. He's also a crazy basketball person. So I called my brother and I'm like, bro, did you see that game last night? And he was like, what game? And I'm like, this team against that team, it was amazing. And it was, and he's, it's silence. And my brother says to me, bro, that game happened five years ago. (laughs) So I didn't realize there's a channel called ESPN Classics where they show like the best games from the past. But being a friar in a monastery, I had no idea. So talk about embarrassing. Like I'm like evangelizing and telling the whole world about this amazing basketball game only to find out it was a rerun. 
And uh, yeah, it's just one of, I've had many embarrassing moments and that, that was one of them. And uh, so anyways, um, basketball, <laughs> how does that connect to today? Okay, here we go. Um, when I was a kid, I became absolutely enthralled with the idea of time travel. Does anyone else remember when the movie Back to the Future came out? Okay, especially the first one. The writing on that movie is amazing, you know, and just the whole idea of what if you could travel in time? You know, there's a DeLorean, right, a, a fancy car that gets tricked out to become a time machine. And of course, they go into the past and there's all kinds of funny things that happen. They go into the future. Well, in one of those movies, there was a couple of them. Uh, one of the characters gets to the future and he gets a book that tells you all the sports scores. What is, what is that called? Like almost like an almanac. I was going to say farmer's almanac. Yes, like a sports almanac. So he has all the scores and then he goes back into the past and he starts making bets because he knows who's going to win and he makes all this money anyways. So like, um, so here we go. So brothers and sisters, I wanted to preach a little bit about what it means to be joyful as a Christian. And uh, this is what it is. We know who wins the game. We know what the future, you know, we are people from the future. So we are in Christ. When you get baptized, you are in Christ. St. Paul says that since Jesus is already reigning at the right hand of God, the Father victorious in his resurrection, that we, even though we're still here making our way through life, in some real way, we already have the victory. So there is a joy that can be ours. Because we, are, we already know our team won. You know, if you ever watch a rerun and you already know the game, it's much more boring. <laughs> You're like, I already know who's going to win, you know, because I'm from the future. And that's what it means to be a Christian. That we are already victorious. We know what's waiting for us. Our loving, merciful Savior. We know that our sins will be forgiven. We know that we have the grace to forgive others. And so St. Paul tells us in the second readings, don't have any anxiety. And Christian joy isn't just, I'm in a good mood. It isn't just, I won $20 on the lottery scratch off. It isn't just, um, you remember that song from the musical Oklahoma? Oh, what a wonderful feeling. Oh, what a beautiful day. You know, everything's going my way. That's not Christian joy. Christian joy is, is even present when we're suffering, when we're struggling, when there's difficulties, um, when we're carrying the cross. There can still be a joy because we know the future. When Our Lady of Guadalupe came to Juan Diego, he describes hearing these angelic sounds like birds and being surrounded by heaven. It's like he was being visited by somebody from the future. And the children in Fatima, I know this is Our Lady of Fatima Parish, when they had the apparitions of the Virgin Mary, she came to them from heaven. It was like they were being visited from somebody in the future. And we know that Jesus risen, Jesus victorious, Jesus reigning at the right hand of God the Father, even now in the prayers of the liturgy, we're saying, come, come, O come, Lord, come back, 
He said he would come back at the end of time. He will come certainly when we die to greet us. And so there is a joy because somebody from the future has come to tell us the score at the end of the game. We know who wins. God. (laughs) Goodness triumphs over evil. The light scatters the darkness. And the gift of faith enables us to live that way now. Even though we're still working out our salvation with fear and trembling, as St. Paul would say. Even though we're still here, we're struggling. We're going through difficulties. We're carrying the cross. We're being tempted to worry and anxiety. The whole world is falling apart around us. <laughs> the pandemic and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in the midst of all of that, the Lord is calling us to be joyful. It's one of the big themes of Pope Francis's pontificate, a joyful witness to our faith. That yes, there are trials and difficulties and sufferings. And yes, we are tempted to be worried about what's going to happen. But in a moment of stillness and prayer, We can be joyful because we know the victory of the Lord. We know who wins. We know his love triumphs. It's beautiful and it's exciting and it's wonderful. Um, We know that with today, the uh, color rose is a big color for this joy. And we know that when Our Lady of Guadalupe gave the sign to the bishops of the roses, uh, in the English language, it's a coincidence But the past tense word for resurrect is rose. Jesus rose from the dead. And just as those crazy people over in Rutgers the other day (laughs) just jumped out of their seat with joy because their team won. You know, there needs to be, you know, maybe it's not part of our culture, but there needs to be some connection with like what what we're dealing with is much better than a stupid game. You know, it's, it's life, it's death, it's the meaning of why we're here. And um, I think that uh, we have the grace to live our witness joyfully. That will evangelize the world. You know, the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. That's our call to be witnesses to our family members, to our friends, to our co-workers, to the people in our neighborhoods, to the people we encounter on the sidewalk or in the stores. To be joyful, our, our, our witness has power when it's joyful. And it's a joy that is so much deeper than how I'm feeling. It's a joy knowing with certainty that God is love, that love, his love triumphs victoriously, and that he shares that with us. And then he calls us to share it with the world. Let us pray for that grace this day as we prepare for the coming of Jesus at Christmas. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans